My next guest is a former All-Pro NFL kicker as well as a recurring guest. I want to welcome back on Mr. Blair Walsh. Blair, what do you think of Monday Night Football? Zach, good to be on again. Uh, the Monday Night Football product was not extraordinary. Um, other than the Dolphins defense, who I know helped me and probably a lot of other fantasy players out uh, with a good 25-point fantasy performance. So Dolphins D was fun to watch. Uh, the rest of the game, not so much. Waddle. Waddle's incredible. Waddle's a stud. I mean, that's why you take that guy in the first round. He's a reception just king. I mean, they, they constantly just find ways to get him the ball and utilize him. So it, he's, he's to his best target, that's for sure. Apparently, like, you know, he has the waddle, the celebration, like the penguin. Apparently, he didn't do it at Bama. So I think, like, maybe somebody suggested it to him when he got to the league. Like, did he not know what waddling was before he got it to South Beach? You know those college kids. They can barely think for themselves, man. Well, so, you know, waddle? You, like, waddle? I know waddle. What do you just know waddle? Hey, you know what? Once you start making that pro money, you uh, I know. You, you come across these these great thoughts, these transcendent thoughts. I know. So, that's fair. He should have been fair. doing it from the start. Yeah, I would have been doing it since high school. No, but the Saints, like my man Ian Book, did not do well. I don't think he was given enough time. He also didn't have Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara also did not play well. Didn't have his offensive lines. I don't think you really say it's a fair fair start for a fair evaluation. He did throw a touchdown on his second pass. It just was the wrong team. So that's something to keep in mind. But he was moving decently well. He was getting his ass kicked the whole game. Yeah, you kind of felt for him. I mean, they said at one point in the broadcast that he had not even practiced with Kamara or the Saints offensive line or any of the, any of the main guys that they were playing. And, I mean, that you're just setting your, your quarterback up for failure. But, un- unfortunately, New Orleans didn't have any other choice. Uh, I-, I liked his quote earlier in the week when uh, somebody in the media asked Ian Book if he had any inclination he was going to be the starter for this week. And his direct response was, well, I can count, so I knew I was going to be the last guy. So, yeah, I did. Uh, just perfect response. Not a perfect Glad, game, but a no. perfect response. Glad they teach addition in South Bend um, or subtraction. No, because I know they called Phil Rivers, and he said no. And they called Breeze, who was golfing, and said no. And I'm sure Book saw those headlines. So, obviously, it's going to cast doubt in his mind. They're not confident in him. So, I'm sure that was into it. But, like, I mean, he was bad. I don't think he was as bad. I think it looks worse on paper than he was. He, he, I mean, like the Saints offense, like he, he wasn't really doing much anyways. Kamara just couldn't get going. I know um, I know some people that bet in the, um, Ingram's under for yards, and I don't think Ingram does the field. Was he even playing? That's the thing is they could never get in a rhythm. They couldn't get him the ball. I mean, what, did he have two carries maybe? Uh, it's maybe. Just, yeah, their offense was off from the start. And you're right, Book didn't necessarily look awful they just couldn't get anything going. So it was, they were constantly behind the eight ball the whole game. And that's why the Dolphins teed off for, I think, seven sacks. Uh, yeah. They just, they couldn't get anything going. He did have that one long bomb in the fourth quarter to, to Lil, Lil Jordan Humphrey, which is a fantastic name. Like the 55 yard completion or the missed coverage on the, from the uh, Dolphins DB. That was pretty cool, but they, they caught up to him. So that would have been a touch. Yeah, not, now you're just sounding like an Ian Book homer. I, I can't. I am. I am. I mean, I, I, it's a, it's my t- I gotta stand by my take. No, but it, a lot of these Monday night games have been brutal this year. I don't understand why a lot of these primetime games they haven't put like good matchups on. I feel like they're just like, you know, they're gonna watch regardless. Exactly. I, I think the one that I'm, I'm concerned about next week is Pittsburgh game on Monday night football. I mean, that's plan. just. Uh, they play the Browns on Monday Night Football next on, week, and I mean that's if, on TV. If, oh, that's horrible! If, if I have to watch Ben Roethlisberger play, uh, at this point, it's it's tough. You know, you respect a guy in his career, but it's you know, 
this and year. The Browns are favorite. The Browns are a three point favorite. Are they really? Yeah, oh. in in pit. Fade the Steelers. Fade them. That give me the under. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna that's gonna be brutal. No, because there's so many games. Good, there's some pretty good matchups. Like Chiefs Bengals. Why is that a one o'clock game next week? Um, they should flex. They should flex that to Monday Night Football. It's, hey, man, it's, yeah. it's COVID time. Cardinals Cowboys. Even though Kyler's been struggling, it's a decent game. Vikings Packers. I mean, the Vikings are pretty much out of it, but that's a decent game. Like I don't, I don't know why. Like on Saturday, they had some good matchups. They really weren't the best. And then last night, what the? We might as well start with that. What the hell's? Why are the watch? Why is Washington football team? Why is it televised? To begin with, and why is it even televised on national television? Yeah, that was tough. They didn't that just kind of feel like a law of averages game almost. And, and what I mean by that is that Washington was probably playing above their their ability, and Dallas was definitely playing below their ability. So. You know, law of averages, everything kind of goes back to normal and you end up with a game like that. Um, you know, I, I think the question has to become for Washington is obviously you need a quarterback. Heineke's not the answer and, and nor is Fitzpatrick. But the question becomes how much longer are you going to roll with Rivera? I mean, this is year two of the rebuild and there's honestly nothing, any, there's no promise compared to last year. So I, I'm not necessarily sure why you wouldn't at least consider some other candidates out there. And I, that sucks to say because I think Ron Rivera is probably one of the best men in the NFL. But um, yeah, I think they should look at re- redoing everything from top the top thing, down. Well, the guy all the way at the top is not coming down. That's the main issue. But um, so with Rivera, since he's technically the GM, if you get rid of him and then you get rid of Scott Turner and you get rid of Jack Del Rio, then you have these other two guys in the front office who are just going to get ended up being replaced if you bring somebody else. It's usually got to just do read completely do everything. But the last night was a complete failure across the board. Rivera tried to pin it on or kind of give the guys an excuse. I don't know if you heard the story about the Washington safety who was in an automobile accident that uh, the passenger passed away. And they said that that was on the back of the guy's mind. I'm like, I'm all right. I'm sure that was relevant, but not to the point where you're getting killed by 50. Right. If, if there's, there's a medium in between that. And that was a yeah. tragic event. And that was terrible. And you're right. It, it, it is on the team's mind, but to say it's at the forefront of their mind and, and directly yeah. affecting how they're playing in that game is, is probably irresponsible. Did you, did you ever have any games in your career where you guys were either up or down by so much at the half halfway point that you were just like, is there, why isn't there a mercy rule? We played, um, actually I did, in uh, 2017 when I was with the Seahawks, we played the Rams in Seattle, and it was a game that we pretty much had to win to stay competitive in division. I think it was week 15, and we were down 31-3 to at halftime. And I remember Russell Wilson was being his extremely positive, boisterous, in a good way, self. And I just remember thinking to myself, I'm like, there's no way he believes what he's saying because we've shown zero signs of life all game. And, you know, it doesn't matter what we do in the first three drives. We're not getting back into this game. And it's, it's a tough way to, to feel, but it's at some point you have to be, be a, a realist a little bit. It's, it's improbable at that point. What'd you think of the in-game fight between teammates on Washington? You know what? I, I always struggle with this because it happens much more than people think. Um, I think the weird part was the fact that he kind of like poked him first yeah that, uh, yeah weird. The, people were defending Allen. they said he was right for what he did right I, I think this happens on the sideline a lot more than people realize and it's you know there's so much passion going on in in that moment that you can't really blame either of those two guys or or read into it much more than than what it is it's just 
it's a scruff amongst two dudes that are getting blown out. And, um, you know, yeah, I wouldn't read much further past it. What's getting said in that locker room going into halftime? Probably the same stuff that was being said in Seattle's locker room in uh, 2017 against the Rams. Were they, just, were just, they just saying, like, just stay out there, it'll be over soon? It can't get much worse than that? No, I think you just have to – it sounds corny, but you have to just go back and thinking about, all right, forget the scoreboard. Let's just control what we can control and do your job. Outside of that, you can't worry about anything else because the game's so far out of reach at that point that, you know, if you start to think about getting back in it, that's where you compound the errors and, and start to make those mistakes that that take the score eventually what it was. Um, so, yeah. Do the, do the players, in terms of like running up the score for the team that's up, do they just think, hey, stop me? Or is there a point where they're just like, you know what, we're just going to run the ball because we don't want to score anymore? The players never think that. I think if you ask most players, they'd, they'd want to play the whole game. They want to get their stats up. They've got bonuses. They've got a hit. They want to make all pro teams, whatever it might be. So if you're playing, especially against a poor defense like that and putting up points, they want to stay in the whole game. So nobody game. ever wants to come out in the NFL. Because I thought they might pull Dak or at least pull some of their guys because, like, what's, what, what's, worse, what's, what's the risk of getting them hurt when the game's already out of reach? Yeah, it's, it's a tough balance because you could say that and then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of finish the game on a poor note and kind of let them, you know, maybe score two or three touchdowns and then, you know, you lose a little bit of that momentum that you had. But, I mean, you are right. You always want to protect the franchise quarterback first. Do you think Rivera is too tied in with his guys that he's not seeing the real picture, like that he's saying that Heineke isn't the answer, maybe Del Rio isn't the answer, and Scott Turner isn't the answer, and it's clouding his judgment? Maybe. It's a good point brought up by you, but I think – more often than not, the trend that we keep talking about on this show and kind of all over is the fact that the head coaches in the NFL that are defensive are kind of going by the wayside. It, it, the head coach needs to be an offensive mind and have that offensive leadership because that's the way of the NFL. It's no longer 17 to 10 games. It's, you know, games in the 30s and low 40s. So in the 50s, having a guy in the 50s, in the in the 50s, 50s yeah. on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, so I think the league has obviously been turning to offense for years now, and it just doesn't make sense to have that defensive stalwart head coach because it's kind of counterintuitive when you're so focused on offense. You might as well have the main guy that's leading your team be offensive-minded. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if many people know this, but they actually had three guys that were pretty offensive-minded on the roster, and Matt LaFour, Sean McVay, and Kyle Shanahan decided to let them all go and took John Gruden's brother, kept him for five years, a little well-known fact. Um Lots of There's fun. not been a great track record of decisions for the Washington no, no, uh, no. football team. No, uh, on and off the field. Um, and then kind of going, let me pull up the sketches. Then going kind of just in order of the kind of games that happened uh, with the Browns and the Packers. Um, Packers obviously keep winning. They're letting up in the second half. You've been noticing this? Yes. This is what we just talked about with Dallas, where you don't want to kind of let a team back in. And when you have the game handled, they're definitely doing this. I, I You want to see them put these games away, but for some reason, they're just not. Yeah, no, because they did it against Baltimore, against Huntley, and then they were well, well in range to win by at least 10 against Cleveland at home after Rodgers. I know he was complaining that he's got the broken toe, but I don't know how you're walking on a broken toe. But um, he had obviously had a great statistical performance, broke Brett Favre's record for the most passing touchdowns in Green Bay Packers history. And then all of a sudden, like Baker has four picks and somehow you're just letting them come back into the game. And it's still it's some I, I don't I don't get why as you go into the, maybe the third or fourth quarter, if you're up by at least maybe a touchdown, touchdown on uh, maybe 10, maybe 10 to 13 points, it's just kind of run, run pass on every drive. 
and then the opponent's getting the ball back. Why don't you just continue to kind of pile on? Is it, I, I don't get them. They've been doing it repeatedly. I think some coaches and some teams have that aura of let's, let's do ball control and really kind of use the clock and not make any mistakes that it can easily let a team back in the game. And I think you run a, you run a really risk there of getting away from what got you to that point in the game. And so for me, I, you want to see these coaches and these teams implement the game plan of like, look, we're going to play this as if we were playing it 0-0. And that sounds corny and it sounds kind of cliche, but that's how you put teams away and that's how you really play good football all the way through. Do you think that's the chink in their armor? Because I feel like every one of these teams has an Achilles heel and theirs is they can't kind of put that finishing blow in. Yeah, and their special teams haven't been great either. Uh, I know I'm more in tune with that than the average viewer, but, you know, Mason's had not a great year, um, so you always worry about if they're coming down to a close field goal. And um, their coverage units haven't been great either. If you watch any of the games, they're just constantly letting up yards. They're not having major punts or flip the field moments. Um, so for them, they need to kind of shore up special teams as well, and uh, they'll, be, they'll be good. What, what do you do with Cleveland? What do you do with Baker if you're Cleveland? There's no way you extend Baker. And I, I said this at the beginning of the season. It's just you're going you're gonna to get stuck with a contract that you're not going to be able to get out of for four or five years just to pay a guy that you essentially know exactly what he is. I, I don't see that, that rapid growth coming from Baker where you're like, wow, he took a Josh Allen leap where he went from average, you know, with a couple of great moments to, oh, my gosh, he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. I don't see that jump coming for Baker. So at that point, you're just paying a guy to remove the unknown and having a random quarterback that you're not sure what you're going to get from. Do you think just the uncertainty of their history with the quarterback position is making them be like, all right, well, it can't get worse than him? Yes, absolutely. It's definitely making them have conflicted thoughts about whether they want to extend him or not. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Pretty sure I saw a stat that every quarterback since they've had since 2011, he's the only one that's thrown four, four picks in a game. That, that, is that correct? Yeah. None of the other guys did. I guess they pulled everybody else or they just didn't do it. And the fact that he that's hit four ins- picks and they lost by yeah, what did they lose by two, two, two points. That's I was, I, the, the game was more telling for the Packers for me than it was for Cleveland. Cause I don't think many people had Cleveland going into that game, but the Packers in the first half, they were just feeding Devonta Adams. I think he had like nine catches or 10 catches in the first half. And then they said, you know what? Why don't we stop doing the thing that's helping us win and just start spreading the ball around, even though it was just kind of just, third down and not converting over and over and over again and all of a sudden they're just letting nick chubb just drive down their throats i thought it was like I don't, sometimes i'm looking at the floor like what are you doing it's kind of similar to what happened last year it was at the nfc championship game when you when he decided to, to go for the was it go for the field goal like yeah like, the field goal going, towards the yeah, end yep yeah sometimes you're like well what's going on here because uh, the beginning of the game they look like the best team in football as the game starts to go on, you see some holes. That's very concerning. Something you want to shore up. Obviously they're missing a bunch of guys. Bakhtiari hasn't even played a snap this season. I think Alexander's coming back in a couple of weeks. Zadarius Smith, Zadarius Smith's coming back in a couple of weeks, but like you got to keep it moving. You can't like let these teams, especially for people that are betting, they've blown two covers in the past two weeks. And Oh yeah. That was big time backdoor yeah. cover this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was furious. Not as furious as the one last week, the one last week I was really like, what Baltimore, like, what are you doing? But no, this one, it was insane. And then and moving on to Colts Cardinals. Um, I don't know why the Cardinals were favored in this game, but the Colts somehow did it with four backup offensive linemen. Jonathan Taylor played a pretty average game. Wentz did all right. And they didn't even have, they didn't even have Darius Leonard. What, what did you see out of that game? 
the Cardinals are the fake ID of the NFL. I just, at this point, they're not, they don't look anything like what they looked like for the first half of the season. They don't play good defense anymore. Um, they don't utilize Kyler's strengths nearly enough. They have him run once or twice a game, which is beyond me. Um, I think that the DeAndre Hopkins loss for them was a lot bigger than people realize. I, I think he was agent. hurt. I think he was hurt before that. I, he didn't look the same. I agree. After we, we, he, week he one, he hasn't had, looked yeah. great all year. No, but at least he's out there and he's taking yeah. some some stress away from the other receivers. I love AJ Green. If AJ Green is your number one go to guy, you're at this point in his career, your offense is not elite from the standpoint of weapons, and that's kind of the the problem they're in right now. Um. So that's where I think that they should be utilizing Kyler Murray more and the design runs and um, the keepers. But it, to me, it just looks like they're trying to play a, a regular spread offense. And uh, yeah, the Colts kind of exposed them a bit without Darius Leonard, which was surprising to me. Yeah, no, because he because he was out. And then I know Arizona didn't have Connor. They didn't have more. But like when you have Kyler Murray, you should be in every one of these games. And honestly, it was close early on. But they should have put them away, especially at a home game with Indy missing half the roster. I, and, and somehow I think the Cardinals clinched. So they're making the playoffs, but I don't think anybody's afraid. No, I agree. I don't think anyone's afraid. And their their record at home versus their record away is very uh, concerning. So And it's weird because the away record is the one that's good. The away record's great. Yeah, so yeah. You're then you're almost kind of like, all right, I guess our, uh, our our slide's not that bad. Yeah. Did you hear, was it, uh, what was it? It was the Monday night game a couple weeks ago when they played the Rams, that one guy who was screaming. No, I didn't. You, didn't. you didn't hear that? There's one guy there who I guess was like a Cardinals fan, and he was screaming so loud that the broadcast picked it up like 30 times during the game. Literally, people were really <sighs> tweeting about this guy yelling at the arena because he was literally one man. He was like basically the 12th man, and he was like screaming at "Go Cardinals!" and he, he was he was incredible. And I was really like, "Why isn't security getting gotten rid of this guy?" And it started like it was incredible. People were tweeting about it. And I'm literally like, "This guy's making an impact off the field." He's doing more for the defense this game than Kingsbury's doing on offense. But it was, it was, I'm it was sure incredible. He, I'm sure he had zero alcoholic beverages. Oh, none. Exa- uh, absolutely. To, no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To lead he's, to that behavior. Yeah, he's a representative for O'Doul's. Um, so, yeah, you know, he, <laughs> he, 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 he zero at all. And I'm sure they cut him off right at a perfect time if they did. Um, but, yeah, no, that was incredible. And then kind of just moving along, um, Lions continue to cover, but Tim Boyle could not get the win against the Falcons. I really wanted him to. He, they had him on that, that final red zone drive. He just threw a pick. That is Tim Boyle. Um, are you – what do you think of the Lions season? They've won two games. They've covered in 10 of them, but they really don't have any real talent on the roster, maybe outside of a few spots, but you feel like there's momentum. Yeah. It's one of the most impressive two win seasons you'll ever see. Cause they're just in every game. It feels yeah. like they've only been blown out a few times. They end up making a late charge and they always, sh- they never really lie down. Um, like, like the pun there for lions. Anyway, oh, I, didn't, I, didn't on. I didn't get that. Um, they just seem like they, they've got good momentum. Um, Dan Campbell seems like a guy that people get behind players. And quite frankly, you know, when they showed his locker room speech from last week's win, it's just, that's the kind of, that's the kind of head coach that can get below average to average NFL players to play above their um, abilities. And that's what you want from a coach. You want to be able to galvanize the troops for lack of a better term and just play, play competitive football. And that's been Detroit's issue for the last three, four years is that they just haven't been competitive since, since they fired Jim Caldwell, they've essentially made no noise. And that's just, you know, it's kind of unacceptable for an NFL franchise. And so I think he has them on the right track. 
be curious to see what they do with golf in the offseason because he does not seem like a long-term answer there. But the quarterback class this year is notoriously pretty pretty weak. So uh, don't I'm say that. Washington, Washington's taking one of them. Don't say that. One of them's going to turn out. Hopefully, he comes to DC, but it's not going to happen. Um, no, because <laughs> with with the Lions, especially when you look at their roster, some of their kind of I guess you could say blue chip players. Swift has missed a ton of time. Hawkins has missed a ton of time. Akut has been out the whole year. Um, Sewell's been great. They had this other kid, like Ugo, something Ugarike, some corner. He's been, I think he had like six picks. Ugarike, yeah. Him. Bobby, I think it's Bobby, Bobby Ugarike. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Um, he met, I think he went on IR. I think he missed like half the game. And somehow they're, Amon Raz St. Brown is balling. I think he's had like 40 catches in the last month or three. Like it, the kid's, kid's incredible. But like they're fighting. So if they get, and they obviously they're probably going to have a top two pick. And they're gonna have a ton of cap room, so if they get some real talent, this is like a—it seems like a team to kind of keep an eye on. Absolutely, like like you said, the first thing you have to do when you're when you're Dan Campbell is change the culture. Seems like he's done that. Now you get yeah. they've Spielman, Spielman's the general manager there now. Now you or not? No, not Spielman. Spielman. It's um it's the other guy from the Rams. I forget his name. No, you're right. Spielman's Spielman's the advisor too. He Sorry. Is, he's, he's doing something. Yeah, something there. But you get you get good talent in the door now. Now that you have the foundation built, and that's what Urban Meyer failed to do with Jacksonville. He never built the foundation of this is what we're going to be, this is how we're going to play, this is what I believe in, this is what I want us to stand for. That was never developed in Jacksonville, and therefore they were doomed from the start. It seems as though Detroit has done that. So if you're a Detroit Lions fan, it sounds gross to say, but you kind of have to look at this season and be like, hey, it's been a win for us and uh, you know, not many wins in the win column, but overall it's just been a win for us. I think that's like the best thing you can do. If you're kind of like a, I don't want to say dog shit team, but you're not really compete with the rest of the league is show you have fight show that there's, there's momentum going forward, get a top pick. Don't mess up your draft slot. And then kind of just build on that. Washington's never done that. They always are either. Totally in agree. It. And, they, and, they, yeah. and they hit a home run with, with Penay Sewell. I mean, exactly. He's, he's great. Yeah. And if they get Hutchinson from Michigan, hometown kid, I don't think you can write that any better. And then you're just moving forward. You just got to get a quarterback. I don't know, because Boyle's not the guy. Um, and then you, you brought up Urban Meyer. Obviously, we might as well get into the, um, the Jags game. Um, are you flipping the other side? Are you Did Zach Wilson do anything for you on Sunday? No, I mean, I think Zach Wilson's going to have those moments where you see that that freak athleticism that he has. But he just looks undersized. He looks a little overwhelmed. Um, his run was sweet. I mean, it was, you know, his, his long touchdown run was awesome, but it's to me, it just, he kind of looks a little bit overwhelmed and you'll see if that changes next year or second year. Uh, the good thing is that he's playing and he's healthy. So he can kind of get these lumps and, and kind of flatten that learning curve a bit um, for next year. Um, but no, n- nothing I saw has really impressed me. <laughs> we need some more good Zacks in the NFL. There's only a couple. Um, no, cause, and then with, with the Jags, I think I saw some wild stuff. I think Lawrence has gone like 285, um, passes without a touchdown, which is like nuts. Something, something close to that. Like he can't, he's not throwing touchdowns. And that's a, it, I don't know. It wasn't an issue for him in college. No, the wild thing to me is when you watch Trevor Lawrence play, it's clear and obvious that he has the arm talent and the poise and he's got yeah. good decision-making. But it almost seems like every play, every drop back, he's trying to hit a 30 or 40 yard bomb. And it's just like, you'd love to see him take those easy wins, those easy check downs first and just say, hey, man, let's get a drive going. It always seems like he's in second and third and long and taking a 40 yard shot down the field on somebody. And you're just like, that's great when it hits, but it's a low percentage pass. 
it's an off rhythm pass. And it's just, just get your team down the field methodically. There's, there's, there's no sexiness in it, but that's how you win games and that's how you develop and grow. And I just feel like they've done a poor job of, of making that happen. The good news is he hasn't thrown a pick or he hasn't thrown a pick in two weeks. The bad news is he hasn't thrown a touchdown. The other bad news is he threw four picks the week before that. So technically he's got four in the last three games, but he hasn't thrown a touchdown since November, which is not good. And you can say, oh, obviously GJ Chark's half of the year. You never had um, ETN and now Robinson's hurt. Look at some of these other teams around the league that are playing with a lot less talent and that a much less talented quarterback. You're supposed to be scheming these guys open. I know it's your rookie year. It's been an absolute nightmare out off the field. But like, I, I think he's getting, he's not getting really any blame for this horrible, horrible start. But next year, the eyes he on should him. for a little bit. Yeah. I think he should yeah. have a little bit of blame. Like, yeah. And Andrew Luck wasn't playing for a great team his rookie year. He nope. still played pretty well. I mean, it's, yeah. to me, if you're going to be considered a transcendent talent like Trevor Lawrence was considered, you have to have those moments that say, ah, that guy looks like the transcendent talent. And I just don't think he's had nearly enough of them this year. And maybe I'm being harsh and I'll eat my words and he'll be a Peyton Manning, uh, <laughs> the next Peyton Manning. But yeah. it, just, it, does, it does not look great this year. I shouldn't see more subway ads than good plays from you on any Sunday. That's I feel like it's a good. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, honestly, I don't even know why he'd want to be in the public spotlight if they're playing so poorly. Because I'm sure it's just the Jacksonville press is just attacking. I, I mean, like, I can tell you why, Zach. It's called. I know. Uh, bank I know. Account. Yeah. It's bank, yeah. bank account, and I'm sure he's getting buy one get one free on rolls. But um, no, I'm sure they get. I'm sure we give him. There's no chance to eat subway. There's zero chance to eat subway. The same thing with Barkley Brady. I feel like he actually might. I feel think like so? Brady definitely not. Yeah, I feel like if you told me Trevor Lawrence ate Subway, that wouldn't surprise me. Apparently, like Subway, I, I, this is really getting off topic, but they got in trouble for their tuna. Apparently, they like had some scientists look at it and they're like, "Yeah, there's zero percent tuna in this. We don't know what this is." So, yeah. <laughs> How did you find that? It was all. It was on. I think I saw it on CNN. They were like, "They're like, hey, yeah, we did some thing. They're like, there's zero percent tuna in Subway's tuna." And Subway was like, "Oh." And I'm like, yeah, because you. This is the first you've heard, so it was, <laughs> it was incredible, it was wild, yeah. So I'm glad they're not advertising that sandwich anymore because it was, it was not pretty. Um, and then with the Jets, like, I don't even think they had the coach. I don't like what uh, Salah was there. No, he had co- he had COVID. Yeah, no, but defense, they played, they played decently well. So yeah, you know what? It, it... They they look better in the second half of the season than the, the Jacks. There's a good example. They you know they're yeah. showing they're not showing the Detroit level fight, but they're showing yeah. that they've got a little bit of a fight in them, and that's and that's what you, that's all you can ask for at this point with New York. And I'm pretty sure most of, most of um, their top prospects have been out for weeks. I know Beckton hasn't played in a, in months. They lost more. Um, I think they still have that the the interior lineman from USC. I think he's playing decent. And then, but like that's they're they're kind of playing with house money too because I think they've got two picks coming in. They got one from Seattle, so they might yeah, have, they two have two picks. T- yeah. I think they have two top fives in right now. It's yeah. slated as is. Yeah, but thing is, so I don't know what you're going to grab with that because I don't think they're going to get as low as two. So it looks like they're not getting Hutchinson or their Thibodeau, but you're getting two big time prospects coming in. So there's some momentum with the Jets, and then staying inside um, the Meadowlands, Giants are are fucked. Yeah, it wasn't a great showing for my my Georgia guy Jay Fromm there at quarterback. What the hell I was that? Yeah, one, he, I thought he was gonna be so much better. I think at one point he was three of almost like eighteen um, for like fifteen yards. It's just 
it's so tough. I mean, you watched it that tonight with, with Ian Book. It's so tough to ask these young guys that played in college and haven't had extensive time playing, even in the preseason, to come in and start a game in the NFL. I, I think COVID, the COVID and the COVID cancellations have kind of brought to light how hard it is to play quarterback yeah. in the NFL. And that's why it was so amazing what Tyler Huntley did two weeks ago for Baltimore to come in like that and, yeah. you know, kind of ball out and put your team in a position to win because it, it that's not the case with 99% of the, the circumstances. And it's, you feel for these kids because the, sometimes these shots, they negatively impact you and your, in your future possibilities of being an NFL starting quarterback. So as great as it is to see these guys get their moment and their opportunity, it's, a lot of them are just being set up for failure by the situation. And unfortunately that's, that was the case for Jake Brom with New York. I mean, he'd been on the team two weeks and he's starting an NFL game. That's just, it's not conducive for winning. Yeah. Your fellow, your fellow dog alum uh, went six to 17 for 25 yards and a pick, which is honestly like, I don't even know how you do that, but not good. The giant. And apparently they're, they're keeping Joe judge and they're keeping Daniel Jones. So I don't really know what's going on. And I think they have two top 10 picks too. See, I agree with the keeping the Joe Judge thing. I think really for a franchise like yeah, I think you got to let it. You got to let him go another year. The Daniel Jones news to me makes no sense. Uh, he is exactly what you think he is at this point in his career. And again, I don't think you're going to see that Josh Allen level leap from him. And then at that point, what's the point of holding on? You're just going to have to pay him an, a new contract after next year anyway. So why, why don't you start the process now? I, I, I just think NFL teams are so hesitant to make those changes that they know they need to make because they want to hold on to that last glimmer of hope that maybe they were right all along. Yeah. No, cause it's either they wait too late or they get rid of them too early. And then it's literally like, you're just kind of just ruining the quarterback and process. But honest, but, but honestly, how many times do they get rid of them too early and the guy resurfaces and, and is a baller that almost say, never say Brett, Brett Favre, I think is a fair one. Yeah, um, but I mean, Breeze. look at all the other guys. Look at yeah. all the other guys. Look at the last couple of guys that I could think of. Josh Rose, yeah, Rose Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne yeah, Haskins guys Haskins. are just like the, they gave up on after two years. Just you yeah. know what they are at some point, and you just have yeah. to you have to be real with yourself. And that's coming from me, who's never been a GA on a day in his life or been in the front office. So, but that's just my my opinion on on what these what these clubs are hesitant to do. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. And speaking of journeyman quarterback, Josh Johnson has played for every single NFL franchise. It feels like, and he's played in the XFL, the AAF, and I think he played in like the indoor league. And he. The first, I don't even watch much of this Ravens Bengals game. He kind of had them in it a little bit in the beginning. He did. He can actually throw a nice ball. I mean, you don't you don't get that many opportunities to be a fill in or play if, if he does. You don't have talent. He does. I'm yeah. saying if you don't have, if you don't have talent. Oh, yeah. I, the, the crazy thing is, can you imagine what his accountant must feel like for his tax returns? I mean, my gosh, the guy's played all over the place. I think I saw something. Um, apparently, he's played. He's 35. I think he's been in the league for like 14 years. He's played in like 25 different teams, and he's made about seven million. So, like, it's it hasn't been full seasons. And he's like, I think he got like 250k for this past week, which is a nice week. But like, why won't some team give him a shot as a backup? He shows he can play. Yeah, it's crazy. I, he must either be making bad decisions when it comes to like what. what maybe maybe he's an asshole. He might be an asshole. Maybe they was like, hey, we want nah. it. We want, we want you. When we, you don't think so? That's what I was thinking. No, you you don't get that many opportunities if people don't like you. That's interesting. No, because he, he they were in it, and then flipping over the Bengals, Burrow was incredible. Obviously, he's playing against practice squad DBs, but if they're clicking on offense, I don't see who's stopping them. I think they already have two thousand yard receivers, and Boyd is like a hundred yards away from being the third. I think you hit on it though. There, that defense for Baltimore was 
practice squad guys. However, uh, did you see the comment that Baltimore's defensive coordinator made earlier in the week about Joe Burrow? What do you say? Like, we're not ready to put him in the Hall of Fame yet, and they asked Burrow about not it. Not ready like, to put him on the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah. just why would you give a guy like Joe Burrow Don't who you down. know is like that? Um, fuel. I just it, To me, that was stupid by their D coordinator to say that. And it was pretty evident that their head coach was 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 ticked off by it too when they're throwing sixty yard passes to Joe Mixon when they're up forty points. Yeah, in the now fourth. The one, um, the one the one that got me is I had I had my parlay. I was like, this is guaranteed. I had Burrow over two twenty nine, which he doubled. Um, Chase over seventy nine, which he got to. Chase over four catches, which he got to, and then Chase touchdown. Of course, he threw f- four touchdowns, not Chase, but like that offense. They're playing the Chiefs this week. And I don't know how they're going to play, but if they come up on, if they win, I think you got to consider them as a top three AFC team. Do you want to know who they're, who I think, I agree with you, who I think that they are in the AFC? They're the AFC's version of the Cowboys. That's what That's I fair. think they are. They've got, That's fair. They've got a ton of great offensive weapons. Their defense is much improved. You know, Dallas's defense is better than Cincy's, but yeah. You know, this isn't the Cincy defense of old where you're just getting run over. Hendrickson, by teams. Hendrickson, um, I think he's got a sack in 11 straight games. Jesse Bates yep. is, is fantastic. They can play. Like they, they've got players on that defense for the first time in a while. And yeah, I think they're the AFC. They're almost like the uh, the Bud Light version of, uh, you know, Dallas Cowboys Budweiser. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. There's my analogy. Yeah, no, because, and then Higgins, Higgins is unbelievable. 6'5, he, he can do it all, and he's the second best receiver. Yeah, and he's their second option. Pretty nuts. Yeah. Yeah, so like they've got uh, find me a better young wide receiver duo than him and Chase in the league right now. I mean, you'd be hard. I got, I got, a, I got a, I got a hot question for you. Burrow or Herbert? Right yeah, now, that's... start. You're starting a franchise. I probably take. You're... I probably take Burrow. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, like even what he's done this year, coming off the knee injury, Herbert. Like, I don't know if it's the coaching, but like some weeks he looks like he's the best quarterback in the NFL, and other weeks somebody's like, "What is going on with this?" I haven't really seen that from Burrow, except for the Jets game, the Jets game, and the Cleveland game. Um, but I'm probably leaning leaning Burrow, especially. But it's it's it. I don't think you can go really wrong with either. But I'm, this is coming from somebody who hasn't seen a really talented quarterback for their team in ten years. So, like, I'm taking either of them. Like, uh, yeah, but isn't that like isn't I, it, isn't that a crazy question to think about? Because four weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, people were laughed at you and said uh, Justin Herbert. Yeah, and it ain't even close. Um, yeah, it's just it's interesting that the NFL season's long, opinions change, and you know how we think about guys one week could be different in two or three weeks. So, yeah. Um, but it, I, it is cool to see two guys from the same class yeah. like that killing it. Yeah. And I was out on Burrow coming in the draft. I'm really like, this guy lost his spot to Haskins. Watch out, Cincy. And then I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe Urban fucked that one up. Yeah, but see, um, he's got, he's got, he's got it between the ears, Zach. He's got that thing that, that you can't buy, you can't teach, you can't learn. He just has that competitive drive that just makes guys better than what they're, what they physically should be. So I still think, if you're a Cincinnati think, fan, you got to yeah. be jacked up. Oh, yeah. I still think they should have taken Sewell. Cincy? Yeah. He's Burrow's been getting his ass kicked all year, and they already have talented wide receivers. I don't think they need uh, to I don't know. I think you can find I think you can find a capable lineman. I think it's hard to find Jamar Chase. Uh that's fair. Yeah, Chase is unbelievable. No, yeah. And then uh, with the Ravens, like pretty sure they're still in it. They'd have to win out, and I think the Bengals would have to lose it. I think I think that's it. They would have to win out. The Bengals have to lose out. And the Dolphins just took their spot tonight. But the Ravens like this has not been a pretty showing this year. Obviously the injury bug has gotten them every which way. 
Um, I don't really know what's going on with Lamar, but like th- this wasn't their year. I think Harbaugh's done an admirable job kind of keeping these guys together, even though he's lost everybody. He's lost starting secondary. I think he's lost 12 running backs and it's, it's been horrible, but they, they've kind of been in games, but there's definitely questions about Lamar coming in. Cause I haven't really seen much progression this year. It's not like they really added much talent outside for him to work with, but you saw some regression. You saw some games when they beat Kansas city. You're like, Oh, maybe this seems the real deal. And then you see him a couple weeks ago, losing to the dolphins. And they've kind of been struggling since where, where does Baltimore go from here? Cause obviously you're going to, they're going to pay Lamar, but like, are they guessing it? About paying Lamar, I don't think so. And, and no. it goes to this, it goes to the same reason that they keep bringing up it, the fact that Lamar has that ability to be a top five guy in the league and he's an MVP, former MVP. I, I think anytime you got a guy that has that ability, you have to pay him. Um, and, and you're, you know, Lamar's foolish not to. And they've kind of built their roster and their team and their game plan and their coaching staff around his style of game now. Um, and I think changing or moving off of him or trying to go get a guy like Joe Burrow. Or not like that. Like I think it's a ta- tag him, tag him. Cause Lamar has, I think the attack, I uh, pay him. I think you pay him. You know, you think so? his, in- his injuries have been minor and, and, you know, he's done a good job of rebuilding his body to where it's not, you know, a comp, a constant problem for him. You know, he's not 190 pounds. Like he was in college. Um, yeah. I think you pay him. Uh, you know, he finally won the playoff game that everybody said he couldn't win. And That's he, He's he's a very he's a elite he's on the bottom level of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, um, and I think those guys should always be paid. I mean, hell, Matt Ryan's still getting paid, and he's probably next tier down. And they're not even talking also about also a bottom him, tier so. MVP, but also bottom tier MVP. But he got them to exactly when, when you when you have that level of talent, you should always be given the chance. It's the guys like Baker Mayfield where you're not sure, and they really haven't shown you that talent that you're you're more wary of. Yeah. No, it's incredible. And then moving on, um, Rams, Vikings. I thought this game was going to be a lot more competitive. Your man Stafford really struggled, but if they pulled it out, what would you think of that one? I think it was pretty boring to, to watch and follow, to be honest with you. Um, you know, Cooper Cup, I, I'm not exactly sure how he can take it up in the way he does. He's it's unreal. crazy. He's like a slot receiver, but in a, you know, a flanker's body and it's it's very it's very odd it's very odd how they get him open and, and nobody can really stop him um for me obviously Stafford has to play better if they want to go i think they go as Stafford goes um the defense kind of carried him in that game um and on the other side from minnesota we've talked about this before I, I don't understand how they can go from looking like 40 plus point offense a game team to struggling to score 17 or 13 it's just it's kind of mind-boggling a little bit um they don't air it out nearly as much as they should and um they should be using jefferson more in the way that that cooper cup is used and jefferson has the skill set for you to do that so i think probably if you're the rams fan you feel great about that and if you're the vikings fan you know that you know you're coming down the last couple games here uh, of the season and if you don't win you're not making playoffs that's for sure is kirk is kirk done after the season no, I don't think so. I mean, you think so? At least down in Minnesota. You, you, I, I mean, Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond. Uh, did you watch any of the preseason games? No. Did you, how do you do? I'm an I'm a nerd, so I've watched some preseason tape. Uh, not well. Into well. He's not. He's not ready for to take over <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Wow. Uh, we right. talked to us before. We gotta be. We gotta be real with Minnesota and what their issues are this year. It's their defense. Zimmer. Zimmer's, Zimmer's, Zimmer's gone. Zimmer and his model girlfriend are gone. 
it's been there. It, the issue's been their defense, Zach. Honestly, it has. And um, yeah, it's just they haven't had a consistent game. They haven't had consistent weeks all year where you felt like you're getting the same team you got the week before, and that's that's never progressing you for success. So um, yeah, it's not it's not looking great there. Do you, do you think the Rams are a team that could turn it on? Or do you think kind of we've seen their best, but they're kind of all over the place and eventually in the playoffs, they're going to get figured out and they'll be out of it quick. No, I think they can turn it on. I think anytime you have the offensive weapons that they have and the guys on defense that they have, you can turn it on. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about. When you have the stars and you have that ability, you're never really out of it. Um, and, and look, they're trending in the right direction now and Arizona's trending in the wrong direction and, San Fran's trending a little bit in the wrong direction. So it's, it's, it's kind of up there for them for the taking, um, you know, and once you have Stafford, it, it kind of solved your issue of, I know they were worried with Jared Goff of if they got behind in games, could they come back? And uh, they don't feel that way with Stafford. So it, it kind of opens your playbook more and allows you to do more creative things from the start of the game. And yeah, they just look like a better team with Stafford at quarterback. And I, yeah, I do think they can make some noise. What do you think of Cam Akers coming back from an ace or from an Achilles tear in five months? Incredible. I mean, anybody that's that's even had an Achilles injury knows it's extremely painful and it's a little bit freaky because it's you know. Do you think he's fully healed? Do you, you think foot. they rushed him? You think they rushed him? Well, I also they don't always need to tell you if it's a full tear, or partial tear, or like what what extent was the tear in his Achilles? Um, you know, I know guys who are playing with partial tears in their Achilles right now. It just depends really? on 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 where the severity of it. Yeah. It's, it's a weird muscle in your, in your body. And it's just the, the tendon just, you can partially tear it and still play. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Cause the one I always thought when, when KD a couple of years ago in the playoffs, when he got hurt against Houston or I forget what round they were in and they're like, Oh, it's his calf. I'm like, that was not a calf injury. And then they brought him back in. And I think he just tore the whole thing there, but I think he's playing with a partially torn Achilles in that what was it the finals against the Raptors yeah in the finals yeah and they rushed him back too early and then he finally fully tore it I, yeah. I will a quick sidebar it's it's one of the few injuries that I've seen in person in the NFL that has made a grown man completely weep and just sob uncontrollably not because it was so painful but because what this guy knew the process the rehab process that it entailed and you know what it meant for his career it's it's yeah it's a super debilitating injury if you if you fully tear it because you know, if you think about like an O lineman when they're stepping back, they're oh, yeah. their Achilles completely. So it, for him to come back, for Cam Akers to come back that quick from it, you're definitely concerned of if they rushed him, but you're also impressed that he could actually even attempt to do it. So yeah. kudos to him. Because I know um, another guy toured uh, James Robinson the other day, which is not good. Oh, and, awful. It yeah. just feel for the way they used him this year, too, man. He just, yeah, they forgot he was there. The and then, then they, they, or they yeah. rushed him and it's like, all that's gone wrong in Jacksonville. I don't know how it could get any worse. Um, looking at the Bills and the Pats, um, Josh Allen was phenomenal for the fact that two of his top three options were not there, and he was in New England. Yeah, this felt like a vintage uh, Josh Allen game, and when I say vintage, I mean twenty twenty. Yeah, he just was. He kind of made he made stuff happen. You know, when the plays broke down, he scrambled, which you know you love with him. You know, love when he lowers his shoulders and takes guys out on runs yeah. because he's six six and you know 250 so he's he's so much fun to watch play and uh yeah it was it was a cool game for for him to come back and beat belichick like that they needed it man they were they were on a, on a bad skid there um yeah it kind of saved their season yeah because i think they took the division lead now because they're obviously the yeah they're in the lead 
Yeah, and but with the Pats, like I haven't been sold on Pats the whole season. I thought Mac Jones has been kind of kind of getting by, and now the defense is struggling. I know Judon's out this week. He did not look good. He, he's a rookie. He's not supposed to look this good, but like did they kind of figure out the Patriots? Cause I feel like with, after the Colts kind of figured the Colts kind of ran through down their throats and the Patriots are like, we're the Supreme defense. And then Buffalo kind of does the same thing with missing parts. I think the Patriots season is kind of crumbling in the balance. They're probably going to make the playoffs, but like, I don't think teams are afraid of New England anymore. No. I mean, I think it's again, law of averages. It's somewhere in between. They weren't as good as they were when they're threatening for the number one AFC seed. And oh my gosh, they're back. They don't miss, they don't miss Tom Brady anymore. That was too much. And then, you know, this two game losing streak, it's the sky isn't falling. They'll be okay. And I think they'll make noise in the playoffs. I, you know, if they somehow get to host a, a playoff game, if they somehow squeak out that division title, I mean, I wouldn't want to go to Foxborough and play him. You know, I know that Tom Brady's not there, but uh, I don't want any part of that if I were another team. Because if you look at the if you look at the Patriots' wins just on on the list, it it doesn't really catch your attention. They beat the Jets, they beat the Texans, they beat the Jets again, they beat the Chargers. That was a big win. They beat the Panthers. They smoked the Browns. They beat the Falcons. They beat the Titans, but it was like the real hurt Titans. And that's it. So, like, that's out of the Chargers. Like, I think it was a lot of nationally televised games kind of maybe overhyping how good they were. But, like, I, I still have – they still don't have a number one guy on offense to me. And I thought that was a big issue because they were kind of spreading it all over the place. And who they have left this year? They've got the Jags, so – they're 15 and a half point favorite and they got the dolphins. Oh. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the dolphins are a game behind them and, and have the tiebreaker. So if somehow Trevor Lawrence has the game of his life, they're pretty sure the dolphins have a tough game next week, but um, the dolphins exactly. could potentially knock the Zero. Patriots out of the place. That could, that could potentially happen. That yeah. could actually, that, fine, the, way, yeah. the way that Miami's yeah. been playing. Yeah. yeah. There is 0% chance Jags win. It'd be amazing. Though. Yeah, uh, ESPN is giving they like an eighty eight percent chance. So yeah, I don't think it's gonna. Well, ESPN yeah. knows everything, so just listen yeah. to what they say. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's in, it's incredible. But like, yeah, but um, Patriots. Like, I know I think people are kind of taking them off to the little hierarchy. Belichick was like a lock for the coach of the year. I don't think it's happening anymore. So no, it it can't at this point. No, no, I think it's Frank Wright. Their turnaround's been incredible, but like, you, does Brian Flores get any votes? He has to. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you have a seven-game losing streak. I feel like you're kind of out of it automatically, regardless of how well you do. Okay, let me let me play it out for you. They win their last two games. They make the playoffs. He's in the discussion. If they don't, I don't think he's in the discussion. If they if they finish ten and seven, he's not coach of the year after starting what what one and seven. Yeah, but if you look at the Colts, Colts started one and four, and then they somehow they might have got a home playoff game. I, I I don't know. I think he's in. I definitely think he's up there because I know early on they were like, "We should be this guy in the hot seat." Obviously, he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. But if, if they somehow, if they beat New England in week 17, you got to make an argument. But I think right now it's LaFleur and Reich and then everybody else. Oh, my gosh. LaFleur, I mean, he's a good coach, but how many coaches in the league could do LaFleur's job? That's fair, but I know he has 12, 12, wins, in each, 12 wins in three straight seasons. No other coach has done that. And he's had the, I get, and he, I don't even think they knew if Rodgers was going to be there with all that offseason shit. And then he's a good coach. He's a good coach, but I, I, yeah, I think he, I think he unduly gets more credit than he probably yeah. deserves. No, yeah, no, it's 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 been wild. Um, and then looking at um Bucks Panthers, um obviously Godwin's out for the year. 
Um, Evans is out this coming week. Antonio Brown is back. Um, are you are you still high on the Bucks, or do you feel like maybe like the it's the, everything's kind of falling apart? I think they're almost now playing for let's see if we can get healthy at the playoffs. Like I think Fournette will be back. Um, I think Evans will be back. They're going to slow play him, and you know. Evans, Fournette, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, like it's still pretty good offensive uh, weapons there. And um, yeah, I, I see no reason why, why Tampa can't make that deep run and potentially go to the Super Bowl again. You know, uh, the dream matchup for me in the NFC is uh, Tampa and Green Bay. That would just, yeah. you know, that'd be amazing again. But yeah, I think Tom looks great. It's just, you know, they've had two weeks where they, they didn't just totally light it up from the start. They kind of won this this game against Carolina in a clunky fashion that, you know, it felt like they settled for field goals early and then finally put some touchdowns on the board, blanked them on defense. So it was it was a good win. They needed to win a game like that, but they definitely need to have one where they're where they got all their offensive pieces back and they're clicking. The God the Godwin injury hurts, but if there was any team in the league that could probably lose that receiver, what? Cincinnati, Dallas, and them. Those are probably the three most talented receiving yeah. groups. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they can sustain that injury and, and still be fine. Um, I am curious about Leonard Fournette and how, how serious that is, but it sounds like he'll be back for the playoffs. So, and looking, right. at, and looking at Carolina, obviously, Darnold's not the answer. Obviously, Cam's not the answer. Is Matt Rule the answer? Uh, I was surprised they're, they're, they're going with him into year three. I, I thought that their owner would be a little bit more impatient because he's a new owner and has kind of shown that he wants to make a splash. So I, I was surprised that they, they gave it to him, gave him another year, but um, they haven't been fully healthy under Matt rule, which is no, McCaffrey's played like what? That, six, but, maybe six games total in the last two years. Yep. So I, I know that's an excuse. A lot of teams could use or a crutch that a lot of teams could use. So, yeah, I think his year, his make it or break it years next year. Yeah, no. And then he, I don't know if you saw that weird reference he made to Jay Z. Compared himself to Jay Z, said, "Oh, Jay Z struggled out the gate for a few years." I'm really like, "What are you talking?" That's a recruit. That's a, that's a line he's been using in recruiting for the last. Oh, couple really? Years at, uh, at Baylor, he's probably forgot where he was for a minute there. That's incredible. No, and then um, Chargers Texans. That was kind of one of the stories of the afternoon. Davis Mills might not suck. Um, obviously chargers had a ton of guys that cover this. They didn't have Eckler. They didn't have Mike Williams. I don't think they had Bosa. Um, but Texans, like I didn't, did you see this game getting four wins? No, absolutely not. Um, especially once I thought with Tyrod Taylor playing, they could get to four yeah. wins, but once he this went out, I, like, wow. yeah. I didn't even know who Davis Mills was. I, I read the scouting report on him coming out of college after, after earlier in the season when he was playing. And so I, I one of the most fascinating comments I've ever seen about a prospect. It said, if Davis Mills is a starter in the NFL and playing well, I won't be surprised at all. The next comment said, if Davis Mills is out of the NFL within two years, I won't be surprised at all either. And I just it's was incredible. like, wow, how many, how many scouting reports do they get that on, on quarterbacks? Yeah. So no, obviously he's got some serious talent, but you know, there's been some decision-making on, on the field. Yeah, that I think yeah, teams are some, worried about some of the advanced metrics. He's been the best rookie quarterback like over the past month because the rest of them struggle oh. so much. Oh yeah, he kind of when you watch him play, he passes the proverbial eye test where you go, oh, he looks like a starting NFL quarterback. You just looks, yeah, you don't know if there's a consistency there for him to continue to be that. But man, if they if they end up finding something with him, that would be a nice shot in the dark because obviously Deshaun's gone in about two three months from there, so. Yeah, he looks like if Mike Glennon grew up above the Mason-Dixon line. 
Um, so <laughs> <laughs> the neck is unbelievable. Um, the Chargers, like, they're up and down again. And we, I thought, I thought we were done with this when Phil Rivers moved on. Uh, when Anthony Lynn left, this was going to be, you know, not the story anymore where you have these games where, you know, one week you look like the best team in the NFL and the next week you look terrible. Um, but yeah, I think for what I, they have two games remaining once it one's against Broncos, once against Raiders, both winnable games. And I think if they win both, they'll pretty much be in the Yeah, playoffs. they'll be in. I'm, I'm not entirely sure about that, but um, what? So, you know, you're going to end up facing the third seed probably. Yeah, so at who's, that point, that's going to be what? Not like the Bengals, Cincinnati, maybe. Cincy, yeah, Cincy yeah, or or um, oh gosh, I would, I would love I would love a Burrow Herbert matchup. You know, I'd like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the, 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 I could see them. I could see them steal a win in the playoffs, but I could also see them get the sh- the shit pumped. Like I mean, serious, the, serious, serious question. Couldn't you see them losing the next two games too? Regular yeah. season? They're, they're just yeah, like that it's weird. It's weird AFC West games. Like the Broncos somehow are fine. And then the Raiders, I don't know how the Raiders have crumbled since Gruden, but like I could see them losing out. But I could also see them uh, smoking both of these guys. And and being 10 and 7 and going, we got a little bit of momentum. We'll, you know, we'll go play Cincinnati on the road and not be scared. Like I could see that too. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. And then looking at that game, um, Raiders beat the Broncos 1713. Um what do you make of this one? Because this this game was really nobody was really talking about it. It wasn't on red zone, really kind of like not a well put together. Just a, just a class a classic mid-afternoon boring AFC West game. Yeah. It just it, it felt like there wasn't a lot of implications behind it, even though uh, the Raiders still technically have a have a more than decent shot to get in. I just, you know, it feels like they they can't hang anymore. They've just been through so much this year. It's it's honestly admirable that they're playing as well as they are with all the turmoil they've they've had. Um, I, the the weird thing for me is that Vic Fangio came out today, basically, you know, opined that he should still be their guy next year, which is leads you to believe he's done anything. He's, he's done anything. anything. But it leads you to believe that he's hearing so he's not getting that reassurance yeah. from his own his own uh, management. So. Uh, you know, they could be making a change as well. I, I know that Elway's proven to be a little bit impatient with quarterbacks and coaches and moving off. He's not afraid to move off them. So that'll be interesting when to follow. But I don't know. The Raiders, you know, I, I, it's a fascinating job because you're going to have a guy come into the Raiders and he's going to have to make the same decision that John Gruden made and say, do we continue to, you know, pay Derek Carr the money that we're going to have to pay him again on a new contract? Or do we kind of, start fresh and say you know let's go get a different guy um that'll be interesting well they have the face of the franchise already on there and peterman they just don't play him uh, that's me there's nothing wrong with faith of peterman i think he's great i think he's fun to watch and you don't know what's going to happen and he doesn't know what's going to happen and it makes games exciting and you're in a gambling capital of the world people will bet on it um no <laughs> but it's the raiders like I feel like every season they start a four now and they just have this bizarre slide and they're kind of in it and they beat a team. They're not supposed to win. And then all of a sudden towards the end of the year, they're like, they're going to make the playoffs. And then they're either out or they're kind of barely make their way in. But uh, for some, I saw something the other day, people were really high on San Fran up in the past couple of weeks. They have the same record as the Raiders. Which is crazy. Cause it, you would think that San Fran's 10 times better team. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. And then the last one, um, Chiefs Steelers. All right. Everybody was wrong about the Chiefs. Totally back. I still don't like Mahomes' brother, but 
um, they they beat the shit out of Pittsburgh and Kelsey didn't play. Yeah, it looked like they righted the ship there. Um, and I think the biggest part about it has been the defense. It's taken all of the pressure off the offense. They're playing good defense and they're not getting getting into these early holes where they're down 10-3 or 14 to three and you're going, man, we gotta, you know, we gotta start pushing on it to come back now. That that hasn't been the case for them in their winning streak. Um, they've kind of jumped out to good early leads and uh, that they, that's a product of how well their defense is playing. And it's taken all the pressure off Patrick Mahomes and the way their offense plays. And like you said, they put up the points they did against that team without essentially without Tyreek Hill having almost yeah, two any targets. Impact on yeah, two it. targets. Yep. And Travis Kelsey being out just goes to show you that um, their demise was uh, more hype than reality. Yeah. No, because I think right now, I think looking at the odds of the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl, which kind of shows how, because everybody's kind of had their struggles this year. They have. See, I'm not, they, I'm not ready to go that far on them. I, I take Green Bay over them tomorrow. Yeah. I take Green Bay, Tampa over them tomorrow. Interesting. No, because it was a weird, weird week of games, and then we got two more weeks. But like right now, it kind of looks like them and Green Bay at the top of each respective conference. There's kind of some teams kind of trying to kind of make their way in. And then there's just teams just falling flat on their face. And I'm not sure how many teams have already clinched, but there's going to be some bizarre scenarios in the next two weeks. And some teams that you thought were a lot going to the postseason early on are going to completely miss out. Yep. It's going to be a good two weeks here. Uh, you know, that, that week um, 18 is kind of weird. So, uh so it's, it's it's weird talking about teams potentially finishing ten and seven. That's just yeah, odd. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. Yeah, but I do appreciate you coming on. It's almost twelve. Are you are you back in California? Are you still on the East Coast? I'm on the East Coast right oh, now. So, so, oh, so now now you're feeling what I'm feeling most of the time. It's I'm, fucking it's fucking I'm late. Feeling what you're feeling? I got an early tea time tomorrow, man. Like oh, sure, really? Gosh, what are you what all are right. you doing to me, dude? All right, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, appreciate you taking the time. It's twelve thirty. I'm thinking about soon too. But I do appreciate it. Um, great slate of games. Washington is an absolute disaster. I hope they stop televising their games. We get a complete overhaul, but I don't think any of that's going to happen. But I do appreciate the time as always. One of these times we're going to get on here and Washington is going to have just, you know, a baller game and you're going to be and I'm, and I'm gonna gonna mad. Be happy. I'm like, yeah, I'm never, I don't think I'm going to be happy with this team because if they win, I'm always like, why are you fucking up the draft stock when they lose? I'm like, of course they lost. Like, I'm, I'm so, such a, I'm, I'm trying to be more positive as a fan. Uh, going to this week, you know what? I'm like, you know what? National TV game, maybe people can kind of see what we got going on and they just got the shit kicked out of them. And I'm really like, my soul left my body. I'm really like, I can't watch this. I, after that first pick was the first pick six, I was like, end the game. I was like, end the game. I can't watch this anymore. That was on like the first score. And then they pulled it on eight more. So I was like, I, I you're so you're so positive, man. You're just, I know. just the most positive Washington fan you're going. I know. I mean, I, I'm still watching. Them. I'm, not, I'm not paying to go to the games, but I'm, I'm still watching them. And I'm cheering. It, it's <laughs> weird because I'm cheering them on, but I'm also like, I don't want to be emotionally attached. And it, it's horrible. But it's only two more of these. And then I get to draft mode's best part of the year for me because then I get to I get hope. And then and then they smash it. But we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But do appreciate the time. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. Take it easy.